Welcome to the X-Men Test Podcast. My name is Willie Simpson. My name is Sonia Rappaport. And today, Sonia, we are on the seventh episode of season five, the 71st episode overall, Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. A real killer of an episode. <laughs> the doom is setting in yeah. as the sun sets on the X-Men animated series. Mm-hmm. So we've finally arrived at that uh at the breaking point here. The ill-fated end of of the end. The end of the show being decent. Well, yeah. that's not entirely true. I think there's going to be some fairly well-written episodes coming forward in the future. But uh, I don't really remember them in detail. But this one is probably the worst episode in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what comes up in the future. I don't want to say that just right. yet. I but... mean, there was a few like terrible ones that were... Uh, released in season five that were meant for season three. Mm-hmm. Remember, there's the one with Cyclops in the orphanage. Yeah, with the poor animation, and that was originally aired as sequence, but we put it in the right sequence in our show. Uh-huh. Um, that one was bad. There, there was another one with Longshot. There was like a sequel to the Longshot Adventures that was terrible as well. This one was the worst so far. <laughs> yeah, this is like so, borderline unwatchable. I was yeah, just waiting for it to end. Yeah, the animation is the first thing that I want to touch on here. Everything is kind of too round and shiny and bouncy. <laughs> it's really like... It's like a bad Disney... It's like a cheap Disney animation from the early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. It, so the famous story is that Saban, in order to cut down production costs, they uh, exported the animation to, I think, a Philippines-based animation studio. Hmm. So, you know... uh, I mean, the drawing style is bound (laughs) to be different in that case. The proportions of the people are really strange. Uh, Jubilee has alternately a very long torso and very short legs. <laughs> well, she's grown up, maybe. And then sometimes very long legs and a very short torso. Right. She's got. She's also sporting a fetching new mullet as a hairstyle. Yeah. And she has blue eyes. Is that... In this episode, anyway. She has blue what eyes. What does she normally is that, have? Is that normal? I have no idea. I've been paying attention to the X-Men's uh, eye colors okay. outside of Cyclops. Aside from that, um, she looks weird. Everyone else looks weird. Um, yeah, it reminds me of just a very poorly animated, like late eighties, early nineties. Actually, ABC some of cartoon. the motion and stuff like that, and the drawing style reminds me a little bit of like the Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. Did you ever watch yes, that? Yes, yeah. It looks like that. I mean, me. I haven't seen it in a million years, so I don't remember. Like I, can't, I, just, I wasn't like a big fan, but I I did watch it a couple of times. I kind of liked it. It was on early in the mornings before school, and I was way into it. The Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. I mean, I don't remember anything. I think that I happened. just like didn't catch it consistently. I was a right. fan of. I, I played that video game a lot as a oh, kid. Yeah. So I was like excited that there was an accompany, accompanying television show. But anyway, like that very round, bouncy kind of motion what about, style. What about the painted? The painted like Disney-esque backgrounds of the gnarled forest trees and sort of... In this episode? Yeah, and just the overly lit sunny days. Yeah, I mean, like, the premise of the episode is that Jubilee's stuck in a cave with a bunch of kids. We'll get into it in a minute here. But then she starts telling them a story so they don't realize... (laughs) They're in horrible, horrible danger. A dangerous situation they're in. And to segue between them in the cave... Oddly topical, but we'll get into that too. Yeah, and the actual storyline... 
they animate in like pages of a storybook as, but the thing is that she's not really telling the story from a storybook she's just making it up as she goes along <laughs> so i'm not really sure why that segue was ne- necessary yeah that's pretty bizarre um this episode was loosely or maybe not even loosely solidly based on a famous well, i don't know how famous it was but uh a memorable comic book uh uncanny x-men number 153 which was a uh, surprise surprise called kitty's fairy tale mm. jubilee the kitty pride surrogate in the show i mean obviously jubilee existed in the comics too she wasn't invented for the x-men cartoon but she was like the next she was the sequel to kitty in the comics mm-hmm. kitty originally was the young teenage girl that joined the x-men and w- went under the the uh the arm of Wolverine, so to speak, and mm-hmm. he was... Uh, the her- wing? Right, yeah, the <laughs> wing, right. Uh, so, and then she grew up, and she kind of left the team at some point and joined Excalibur, and then Jubilee was, like, the next version of that, right. more or less. So then they, they picked her for the cartoon because she was a little more updated and modern because she was a mall rat and wore pink sunglasses. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All the kids in this episode keep calling her Miss Lee because she's older than them and she's like leading this tour through the caves. Does that mean that her first name is Jubi? No, 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 not, not at all. Her, her name <laughs> is Jubilation Lee. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Jubilee so... Jubilee Lee. Yeah, Jubilee Lee. So, you know, uh, interesting name um, from a familial, familial perspective. Uh-huh. I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm the other day and there's an episode where... The comedian Richard Lewis is a character on that show playing himself, and he's yeah. got an uncle called Lewis Lewis. So <laughs> I always think, like, there are definitely people out there who have those. They're not even just alliter- alliterative names, they're like double names. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, maybe like Willie Williams or Chris Christensen. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, a, those people exist. He has like a travel podcast oh, really? or something. Yeah. yeah. I just, I, I do like to get into the heads of parents that like, go there with the kid. <laughs> Is it? I mean, it has to be a joke, right? Like, you can't... The name... Or are they just so fond of their last name that they think that they they should give the kid their first name as well that matches the last name? Um, I couldn't begin to if you, guess. If you're a parent out there and you gave your kid uh, a similar first name to your own last name, let us know what the I mean, maybe is. they just like the ring to it, you know? it's. I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It's got, like, a rhythm yeah. to it. It's a little easier to remember. It's, like, very... It's very, like folksy in a way to do that mm-hmm. to name if your last name is lewis to name the first well, name because if lewis. you have a last name that could also serve as a first name then probably you have an ancestor who had that as a first name and you just have so and many just... kids that now it's time to honor this ancestor and oh well it's a coincidence <laughs> you think that's no, like no it's not a coincidence it's it's a, no, but a way it's... to honor that person yeah but like i said like you know you accept you want to honor the person that's the most important thing uh-huh. you want to uh, honor uncle stan but you're the stanleys right uh-huh. that's your last name so right. you're just saying like well i guess it's more i guess his name will be stanley stanley but we gotta honor uncle stanley uh-huh and oh it's weird i guess that his name is stan stanley he'll have to live with that oh well See, but otherwise you could go the other way and have a first name and a last name that are both first names but different ones like stan lee his parents could have chosen to name him Lee Lee. Well, but they I mean, well, the story on Stan Lee, Sonia, I hate to. Uh, <laughs> his real full name is Stanley Leibowitz, right. so he shortened it to Lee. Yeah, but you take my point, right? Yes, I take your point. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah, I always like thought that was weird that he shortened his last name to Lee. Why? Stan? Well, is he? Was it? I, I mean, I guess it was probably to 
I mean, a lot of uh, Jewish people in showbiz in, in that era of, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, they changed their last names yeah. um, to, to make them more Christian, I guess, sounding or more like American normative. Right. Uh, but like, was the idea behind Stan Lee, was that like a joke? Because his name is Stanley. Yeah. You think it was a joke? Like a wordplay sort yeah, of thing? Yeah. I think it was, but I don't know. I don't know either. I, I mean, I'm sure it's written in some book. Somebody knows the explanation to that. Um, let us know about the origin of Stanley as well, too, if you're out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, we're off to a blazing start here <laughs> talking about this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is based off uh, an X Men comic. I, I have a distinct memory of coming across the comic in the comic book shop when I was 11, 12 years old. It, you know, it was very, it was cheaply. It was in mint condition. I could have had it for two dollars. It was, you know, and it was. I was like, wow, uh, you know, the year was probably like nineteen ninety five or six. And I was like, this is a comic from the early eighties. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cheap for an old comic. Mm-hmm. But I- I'm sure it wasn't too popular back then either. Mm-hmm. I mean, some key details. It, it, Kitty Pride tells a similar story to Jubilee about their. You, you know, she's actually, I think, talking to Colossus's younger sister, Ileana, in the comic. I don't fully remember. Hmm. And uh, does she also make herself the hero of the story? I, yeah, probably. But I know, I know, uh, Jean Grey's the villain because it was just off the Dark Phoenix saga. Oh, okay, right. So that's different. Yeah. So, but I mean, they did base it on a comic, so there's precedence here. But uh, of all the comics to, <laughs> to come across, yeah, yeah, I mean, come on, it's kind of a weird one. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I mean, this episode is not good. Um, oh, another thing we have to mention, Gambit's voice has changed. Yeah. A new voice actor has come in. Um, yeah. You know. It's just hard to replace the older Gambit. Once you have that voice in your head for Gambit, Well, it's... the original guy was amazing. Yeah. I mean, he was... Uh, I, I'm sorry for getting his name, but <laughs> um, he was an incredible uh, representation of that character. He sold it. This new guy is... It's just like a grim parody of, you know, mm. and I don't mean grim in the way he delivers the voice. It's like too enthusiastic. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's not good either. Um, so here we go. I mean, the animation's bad. The voice acting's not as good. Um, and the plot is terrible. And uh, let's start talking about it. All so, right. I mean, the most interesting thing about this episode is the premise that's taking place in the real world, quote unquote. Uh, so Jubilee is, for whatever reason, reason, leading a field trip of students from another school district, the Squalis School District, right. as we see on their bus. Which, I, I don't know. The, Maybe, it, I looked it up, there might be one of those in New Jersey, but mainly it's just a town in Italy that was like oh, the really? most popular hit. It's not some Long know. Island community district somewhere. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so she's like mad that she has to take them on this tour group outing yeah. into the cave because uh, Professor X got a call from the president so they have to go fly the X, to Washington the rest of the X-Men have to fly off in the Blackbird Wolverine, to Washington Wolverine's in his outfit it's completely the colors are totally off model nothing about it makes sense yeah uh, so Jubilee is really angry that she has to lead a field trip of random students at first I thought I was like are these mutant kids Does Xavier finally opened the doors of the mansion to mutant children that need an education but no no they're from another they don't seem like they're mutants at all and they're coming there because apparently Apparently, there's a whole network of caves Limestone caves. the X-Mansion, right. which means it's even underneath, like, another layer underneath the, the secret, like, X-Men <laughs> Well, area. maybe it's part of the whole, like, that's how he built the secret underground part of the mansion. I guess. Where he houses the jet. It's just, uh, it's, like, famous enough that they're coming from far and wide to see it. You um, know, we never talk about, like, the weird job. I've never thought about it too much, but is the mansion on a cliff 
overlooking a, like an ocean or something. You know, sometimes the, it seems like it because they have that opening for the blackbird so, to yeah. fly in and well, out of, Well, first right? of all, that's what I want to talk about. The magical opening where it's there's like constantly projecting a hologram on a cliff face yeah. that disappears and then massive hangar doors open up and the jet flies out. Yeah. So that's something that's ridiculous, that, uh, like a trope of the show we've never really even mentioned. But I guess the mansion wouldn't be on a cliff. It would be much further inland because that cliff opening opens to like the runway where the blackbird lands right so it'd have to go in a little ways he owns that whole area underground yeah i don't know know either but like i I guess the mansion sort of perched on like a mountainside overlooking something Uh i never looked at the geography of salem new york or westchester like i don't know is it nearby any like large bodies of water is it right on the coast I'm not even sure myself. Or just like river, like the Hudson River goes up that. Okay, that so, way, right? so I don't know. Let's just say, <laughs> let's just say the X Mansion's perched on somewhere on a scenic portion of the Hudson River, um, or maybe it is the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, anyway, so that's something funny. Uh, so th- she's leading them on a tour of these limestone caves, and there's a a cave in. Right? Is that the right word for it? I don't know. If you're inside a cave and it like the cave collapses, I think it's called a cave-in. Could be. Yeah. So uh, there's a cave-in. Um, Jubilee, like, really does not panic in the slightest. It is kind of scary. I mean, the place is rumbling, and she doesn't... Like, she tells him to get against the wall at first, but the rumbling continues throughout the episode. And yeah. she's not... Like, I don't know. I'd be panicking and... I th- it was smart of her to tell the kids to get up against the wall. You know... Speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> you know, there's, like, a level where at the end, like, uh, Dr. Robotnik makes, like, this whole cave level, like, shake and all the stalactites start falling from the ceiling. And if one of those hits you as Sonic, you die because it's pointy. Right. And anyway, that's what I was picturing. Right. That's a common enemy in video games is, like, pointy rock things falling off the ceiling that also happens in mario brothers and i think yeah, even some true. like turtles in time uh maybe <laughs> even some metroids and game boy games yeah. right so i anyway. mean i was afraid as a kid too looking up if there's something pointy on a seat like an icicle i'd be like oh my god is it gonna it's fall gonna impale me yeah yeah so i thought maybe that was gonna be a danger to these kids inside the cave when this like i we don't know if it's an earthquake or some like uh, mutant-related activity that's, like, It, tur- it turns this, out but... it's just totally natural in the end. Spoilers yeah. <laughs> for those who refuse to watch this episode. Right. It's just the cave collapsed. What a bad timing. Um, much like, like I said, kind of topical. I mean, we just got over the crisis of the um, the Taiwanese... Was it Taiwan? No, no Thai. it was uh, Thai. The Thai soccer team yeah. of, like, 14-year-olds that got trapped in the cave when their soccer coach took them on a trip. Right. And they were trapped there for weeks. Yeah. And then the and whole... And very similarly, he, like, kept them calm with, uh, like, stories and meditation and Is stuff. Is that true? I, uh, that's what I read, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um... So this is maybe the most realistically based premised X-Men show ever. It actually is. Nothing... This part of it, yeah. Well, pretty much the whole episode... Well, there's the fairy tale she tells, which is clearly a fantasy. Yeah. But in the reality of the show, it's a totally believable premise involving basically no superpowers. Right, which is a little puzzling when I was watching and right. the cave first collapses and the opening had been right there, I guess. They yeah, just walked just a into boulder. the cave. She leads the kids away so that they don't know that they're trapped in there. 
But then I was wondering why she doesn't use her own superpowers to, like, Start blast blasting. the rocks away. Yeah, I thought so, too. You gotta at least try. I mean, I guess maybe her fear is, although she doesn't express it, and I don't know if she's even smart enough, but maybe her fear is that if she keeps shooting more... The rocks will collapse Yeah, more. Yeah, it's just dangerous and stupid to try that. I also thought maybe she didn't want the kids to, like, see or hear her using her powers. That's, that might be Because the kids, well. as they're walking in the cave, they're asking her, oh, what kind of school does Professor Xavier run? And she doesn't say anything about mutants, and these kids clearly are not mutants. She just says, oh, it's pretty experimental. Yeah, but that's kind of bizarre because the X-Men have made a point in the recent episodes to talk about... They're, they're sort of like their place as mutant advocates, and obviously they're flying to see the president in this episode, and they, they've been very public in these courtrooms we've seen yeah. advocating on behalf of mutant rights and fighting against the Friends of Humanity. They oh. seem really well-known. Like, Beast is famous within within the world of this cartoon. He's recognized on the street. So Maybe Jubilee just isn't ready to talk about it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, they're trapped in this cave. Jubilee is weirdly calm, and she decides to tell the kids a story to let the time go by. Oh, she she has a beeper, so she's really confident the X-Men will find her. She It's referred to as a SATCOM 2000 digital beeper. The kids are real impressed that she has this. A height of technology. There's like a kid in the cave who's really, like, fancies himself as smart and knows about things. Mm-hmm. He's always making dumb references about, like, the Lime Cave. It's as big as three football fields or mm-hmm. something. And he's, like, really into it. Um, some of the kids are scared. I'd be really scared as a kid. I would not be happy. I would not want to hear a story either, probably. Uh, <laughs> um, so she starts telling a story. And, man, do, not, do I not want to get to the story? <laughs> trying to think of anything else to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, basically, it's a magical, dumb fairy tale about an ancient kingdom... Um, like a medieval-style story. You know what? This is also oddly topical, too, in a sense, because uh, you were away last week, and I was sitting around doing nothing. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll watch the new Netflix series, Disenchantment. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, a huge Simpsons and Futurama fan, as many of us are, you know? And I was like, "This is how could this be bad? It's got the same writers as Futurama and The Simpsons. Uh, you know, Matt Groening co-created it, although his involvement in co-creation seems kind of like he probably just is like, let's do another cartoon and he gets all his writers to mm-hmm. come up with the ideas. And, and a lot of the voices from Futurama and Abby Jacobson from Broad City, who I find humorous, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, this is probably going to be really funny. And I watched like the first five or six episodes and it was just not good. Mm-hmm. And it was so disappointing. And it's just to me like another like nail in the Netflix coffin of me starting to think like, should I cancel my Netflix subscription? <laughs> like mm-hmm. Netflix sucks. Like I, I, I'm just all the new shows that seem so cool and exciting. They just die in the vine for me when I actually start watching them. I mean, I really love stranger things season one, but then season two, I really was like, not did not think was as good we're procrastinating here. Oh, I'm okay. I'm procrastinating. I don't give a shit. I didn't think Stranger Things season two was good. I lost like total interest in all the Marvel shows. Uh-huh. You know, I loved Daredevil season one, but then like season two didn't like as much. And yeah. I like Jessica Jones season one, but then season two I didn't even really watch for whatever reason. And Luke Cage, like I thought, fell off in season one. Maybe season two is better. I haven't watched that. Like I just don't care anymore about the Netflix Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, all their other original programming, I'm just like not that into. And they don't have any movies, like, good classic movies. Not even, they don't even have to be super famous, but just like, hey, you know, uh, like, I want to watch a bunch of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And they don't, like, have any, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like, what is Netflix anymore? 
And they, they say, like, all these amazing things. Like, we're investing, like, $8 billion in new programming for next season. We're going to have put out, like, 400 shows and movies. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, cool. But then they come out, and they're just not awesome. I don't know. Like, I'm getting, uh, you know, bring on the Disney streaming channel. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, anyway, Disenchantment, not so great. Uh Jubilee story, also not so great. Right. So the premise is that there's a Crystal McTaggart, and all the references here are so lame and yeah. like not at all interesting or cool or anything. So obviously after Moira McTaggart, there's a Crystal McTaggart. Uh, ha- half of it is controlled by the evil Magnus, who's obviously Magneto. Um, the other half is missing. If he gets the two Crystal halves, he's going to be all-powerful. Uh, so basically in this medieval kingdom Gambit's on the run the new Gambit the new crappier Gambit and he has uh, the Magneto's like robot knight things are after him and uh, they're so lame they're just like these weird floating automatons they're made of metal but there's no body to them it's, yeah. it's like only the suit of armor but it's <laughs> but they seem artificially to have, like animated yeah they seem to have uh, individual personalities though and um, they're so easily defeated yeah they're very easily defeated um, Gambit comes along like a caravan he needs to be hidden Longshot is driving the caravan he, caravan, he does nothing to help, like he, you know, he displays. He doesn't even have a line. I don't think mm-hmm. he's just there, stupidly. And then, with a lot of anticipation from all the people around, Jubilee shows up. Right, she's built up as this mythical folk hero that no one even thinks she's real, and she is real, and she's like a way more powered version of herself. She's than, like an elf person with like pointy ears. Yeah, she looks and... like a Vulcan. Uh, she can flip around, and she shoots her firework power, and she's really confident and brave. Uh-huh. And um. And Gambit actually hits on her, weirdly enough, I thought. There was a scene where... I know. I was like, oh, is that, like, a hint that Jubilee has, like, a romantic crush on Gambit in real life? Or, like, Or maybe she just thinks that, like, in this fantasy I'm so beautiful and confident that people are just naturally attracted to me. Maybe. I mean, that's fine. Uh, You know, it's it's a young woman's fantasy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) On her journey from... What is it? Moscow to Minsk. <laughs> <laughs> Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so um, they easily dispatch these robot knight guys, um, and then Wolverine appears. He's He looks like a cross between Wolverine and the Hulk. He's green, and he's a troll, and uh, Jubilee refers to him as disgusting looking. Yeah. Those are her words. And that's like, is that what she really thinks of Wolverine in real life? Yeah. I hate this incarnation of Wolverine. Oh my god. It's awful. And Cal Dodd is really doing his best to like, Given his Wolverine voice a troll uh, inflection, yeah, which seemed like that must have been tough on his voice to do, but it, yeah, this is horrendous. He's not at all like Wolverine in any way. He's just like a dumb character. Um, and then I mean, we're, what to even talk about? Like Gambit says that he's hidden the other crystal in the Guild of Thieves den, so they travel to some weird monstrous cave. They go inside. They're being stalked by Sabretooth. Uh, they like behind in one of the inside the cave there's another like stupid reference where it's like Mojo's face is carved into the rock and mm-hmm. that's the cave that opens up to this like treasure room. Yeah. And uh anyway, uh Sabretooth is there, he attacks Jubilee, and Jubilee like completely kicks his ass. 
And like, she, like, mocks him. She, like, taunts him the yeah. whole way. She's not a graceful winner. No. <laughs> at all. Um, they get the other crystal half. Uh, then, like, in the woods, they get a message from Xavier the wizard, um, whose voice seems a bit affected, too. I'm not sure if they've replaced the actor of Xavier. I'm not... I don't think they have but my memories of the last episode graduation i feel like it was a different voice actor yeah. maybe i'm just out of my mind we'll, we'll see when we get there yeah. uh anyway he tells jubilee that like if you you're the secret to the crystal if you combine it you'll figure out the way to defeat magnus for good uh so it's like her destiny um they decide they break so in like all right we gotta go marching into magnus's lair right and then it's like they find a secret entrance but then it's of course someone says this is too easy yeah and it was all trap uh the wolverine troll has the stupidest line he's like it, we've been set up <laughs> it's yeah. like, which wolverine has said in the show hilariously at other times but here it's just like sad and tired um uh, anyway magneto gets the crystal he like jubilee's the only one who can make it go together and he he blackmails by blasting it with her fireworks right he, he doesn't make sense he blackmails jubilee into doing it by saying i'll kill logan if you don't so of course she does and then like his first act is having all this power he's like uh i'll destroy my own uh robot goons whatever you are <laughs> just like kills all his helpers <laughs> like why <laughs> And the fact that he doesn't even know what they are is so stupid. Uh, so, and then, you know, it all backfires on him. Um, it, because he's got all this power, he's now too powerful. Oh, no, Jubilee starts blasting him. He's like, oh, you're only making me more powerful, Jubilee. She's like, that's the idea. And then he can't control his magnetic power, and he gets like... All the metal in the room starts flying at him. The The robot, the armor suits little like screws in the walls like everything just like clobbers him right. from his own magnetic power so he's defeated rather easily yeah. uh, at this point in the real world the X-Men find Jubilee uh, everyone's safe they, they head back to the mansion for hot cocoa and then the kids before they leave they demand to know what the happy ending to the story is basically uh, in this fictional world Jean and Scott are the prince and princess or the king, king and queen, queen I guess yeah and they say Jubilee you're a princess uh, you'll have to. And by the way, Jean's voice is horrendous. It's yeah, it's like shrill and annoying. Yeah. Uh, so Jubilee is like, oh, you'll have to go to finishing school and learn like politics and do a bunch of boring things. But don't worry, you can do it. And she like sneaks off and like puts on her regular elf outfit again and goes walking out the palace doors with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Troll Wolverine. And Logan's like, are you sure you don't want to... And Gambit. Yeah, you sure you don't want to... You're giving up being a princess? And she's like... She qualifies it. She's like, well, maybe I'll do it later. But right now, I still want to have fun in my life. Yeah, there's a lot of adventures to be had in the world, she says. Right, so that's that. So I don't know what that's supposed to be a metaphor of. I mean, to me, it, ma- it made me sad in like comparing it to my life right now. Uh, <laughs> we, we start grad school. Well, I start grad school this Monday. You've already been going to summer grad school. And, you know, we're in our early 30s. Uh... And, uh, well, me now, almost my mid-30s, uh, is 34 the end of my early 30s or the beginning of my mid-30s? It's both. Anyway, so, uh, I start grad school this Monday, and I'm, like, I have mixed emotions about it, and I'm pursuing a very boring professional degree related to my job. So this is your equivalent of becoming a princess? Yeah, it's like, I don't want to become a princess. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go and still have fun and, and, you know, like, have my weekends and days free. I don't want to write term papers and... You know, and I'm working full time. Obviously, it's like so. I just 
just wish I could run away and, and be free with my forest friends. With uh, Logan and Gambit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that that is like a bummer. I, I do like side with Jubilee there. Like you know, having to do stuff in the real world is sad. I just feel like her her confidence is really arrogant here. Oh, maybe I'll be a princess later, as if that's a door that just opens up to everyone <laughs> yeah. at any moment that they want it. Right. Later I'll do that. Right. I mean, it leads but... to the question: Are you like princess? Is she princess by blood? Did we miss a line of dialogue or something? No. Is this a secret? They're just like, we're going to make you a princess. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this episode's super lame, super bad. Um, I still give it, you know, five out of five stars. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, it was really hard to um, to get through. It, w- it was painful to look at. <laughs> Uh, it just it's just like such a shame it's like weird that like the everyone that made the show was okay with it ep- ending in season 4 with the beyond and good evil and evil epic they're like oh we did a good job yeah we really told the tale right. and and then like why did the company order more and then if you're they're because gonna, it was successful and really good yeah but it, so then, yeah but that was after four seasons so it's like but, but if it was halfway over, into the fifth season it was still really good like the last two episodes yeah. were amazing they could make those two into a movie you know but well i'll have to check the previously on x-men book i wonder if a lot of the episodes we saw in season five the good ones were meant for season four and then they just like saved them for the start of season five yeah that could be. and then they ordered the, the last several for the to like to round out a second a fifth season right. i think that's probably more like what happened uh but either way it's just like it's like why order more episodes if you're not going to put any money to them and you don't care anymore yeah it's just like what a like what a horrible cash grab by the i guess the producer's part not like right. the, the like creative instead producers. of going out on a high note you just really like drive it into the ground first. yeah yeah just like it's let's let's get some like like squeeze some more money out of it i was hoping that this episode like when that when they started getting really bad that it would be that type of bad show that's fun to watch because it's yeah. so bad like so bad that it's good but this didn't really have an element to that this was just bad bad yeah uh you know i like i said i think there are some good ones coming up there's at least one good one that i know of at least one that i enjoyed as a kid um i like i said don't really remember them that much because the the if you rewatch them like i did over the years you just kind of stop at this point season five yeah you're like forget it all right, so that's Jubilee's fair tale here. <laughs> it really stinks. Um, we're, we, we hope to have more fan guests coming up, um, so that'll be exciting in the last few episodes. Um, and you know, and uh, you know, we have a lot more content coming going forward. Um, we'll see how you know. We've been like, I'd have to give us an A plus on the way we've regularly pumped these things out for you fans <laughs> because we've like not missed a week more or less um i wonder in the future though both of us like i said are going to grad school we might slow down a bit with the release you know, like i like i'm still gonna keep the podcast going um uh so it's not going anywhere but like i wonder if we'll be able to like do a weekly release yeah i think we're gonna try to like get through the end here on a weekly basis if we can yeah but if there is an interruption in the schedule uh, you know we apologize uh, we're trying our best but our, our plates are getting ever fuller with our princess training duties right <laughs> um so that's all i have uh for this episode um i will say our plugs uh, follow me on twitter at willie simpson uh join the x-men task podcast facebook facebook group where you can communicate with us interact with us uh tell us about um you know some stuff uh that we don't know obviously in this episode there was a lot of uh gaps in our knowledge um 
And uh, so just search out X-Men Task Podcast in Facebook and you should find it. And rate and review us five stars in whatever podcast service you use. Sonia, any final words of wisdom before we depart this week? Uh, no, let's enjoy our romantic journey from Milan to Minsk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> goodbye.